time for our panel to talk all about jobs. John Worth is with us, head of research at NAREACH, and Matt Miskin, co-chief investment strategist, John Hancock Investment Management. Thank you both for being with us. Matt, we'll start with you. We saw jolts, 11.2 million. What, what are your takeaways here? The U.S. labor market is like some sort of superhero right now, where every time you think it's going to get knocked down, it just comes back swinging. And the Fed is tightening the market. The equity market has been you know, sideways, choppy, down a bit. You would think that the jobs market would start to slow, but you're just not seeing it. And so the JOLTS report coming in above expectations, it's making the Fed likely going to remain hawkish. And unfortunately, bad, uh, good news right now is bad news for the equity market. And that's why equities are seeing volatility uh, again today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a hawkish Fed, nothing can stop this jobs picture. Something's got to stop it at some point or not, John. Well, I think it's possible as, as, uh, that, that we, will see, we will see Fed policy stop it eventually. But I, I think the, the, the glass half full version of this is that this strong jobs market, you know, we're sitting with, with private employers with 1.8 jobs per unemployed person right now. This really creates a relief valve for households who are seeing their budgets stressed. And as they step back into the labor market, uh, that may help them keep their consumers, keep their, their spending up, even as we see uh, them stressed by high prices. Yeah, and, and you know, that's part of it too. What will the consumer do and whether a recession will be led by less demand? And that's what people are talking about. Um, Matt, as we take a look here, tell me about productivity and the hires that people are doing and the skill set that they may be needing. Um, you know, productivity is a key part of the story. And if productivity is coming down, that's not necessarily great. It isn't, Nicole, and it's a good point because what you've seen in the first half of this year is 3 million jobs created, nearly 400,000 jobs on average per month. And what has GDP done? It's done nothing. So basically, we've had a mild contraction in economic activity as we've hired 3 million people. And productivity is a measure of economic output per hours worked. Uh, so aggregate labor force and hours worked it's combined. And so all these people are being hired, and yet we're not growing the economy. And that's not a great sign. And also earnings growth is slowing. So we're hiring more people, and it's not adding efficiencies to businesses. Uh, in our view, that's going to lead to lower profit margins and weaker growth. And eventually, we probably are over hiring. And that's actually going to need to be reversed to some degree in 2023. I see. I see. So let me ask you this. Um, John, as we take a look here, the jobs market, right, what are we looking for, 300,000 roughly? Um, if this comes in relatively light or really light, does that change what the Fed does in September? I don't think so. We need to be cautious about putting too much emphasis on any single data point. JOLTS is a good example. Last month, it looked like maybe JOLTS was starting, starting to weaken in terms of what it's telling us about the labor market. What we saw today was the slightly weaker numbers from last month. They were revised right back up to on trend. So I don't think a single jobs report is gonna is gonna impact the trajectory of of the Fed. Right. And Matt, you you agree? No Fed pivot at this time. Um, at what point do you think? And what indicators, plural, um, would you look for to say, hey, the the Fed's gonna at least pause now? 
Yeah, in our view, timing-wise, it's more likely in the first quarter of next year. Uh, we actually believe that the U.S. economy will enter into a recession by the end of 2022 into the beginning of 2023, and that's where the Fed is actually going to need to pivot and, and pivot more meaningfully. So using its pivot foot-wise, it moved about an inch uh, at the July meeting, you know, just saying, hey, economic growth is starting to slow, saying, hey, we're closer to the neutral rate. Um, but that wasn't a real big pivot at all. And the market thought it was a big pivot, but really it wasn't. And now, you know, I think the market's realizing that wasn't much of a pivot. And we've got to wait until next year, really, to see that bigger, more meaningful pivot from the Fed. And that's when bonds will probably rally more so into 2023. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And John, as you're doing your research there. I mean, we're seeing 3% for the 10 years, so we are seeing rates moving higher. What is it that um, you're, you're seeing and the takeaway that we should know? You know, I think what, what we've been seeing is that, uh, you know, we are going to be in a higher rate environment. There's, there's no doubt about that. When, when we look at the Real Estate Investment Trust universe and REITs, what we see is they're well prepared for a higher rate environment. They, their balance sheets uh, have, have been delevered. Uh, they, they've really ten, uh, termed out the debt that they do have on their balance sheet and they've put interest expense at, at near, near all time lows, but they're ready for, for higher rates. And interesting with respect to economic activity, well, they certainly see the forecasts in their earnings we're not seeing a weakening of their activity. They came in Q2 with actually an all-time high in terms of quarterly earnings over $19 billion. So, so, you know, we're seeing some parts of the economy where we see a little bit of weakening, other parts where consumer spending is holding up. Real estate seems to be one of those for the time. Wonderful to see you both. John Worth of May Reed, Matt Miskin, John Hancock Investment Management. Thank you both.